0: Irish Brash to Yisma, Session and Gimmel, first time ever this year. a special affinity to by Yeshla and I'll tell you why Pashpa specifically means a lot to me. It's because of a Vart my Rabbi the my Rebbe said in this week's Parsha, that meant a lot to me. There was a Bakha for Yeshivarakwe. Many years ago Yeshivarakwe used to have a retreat and they would go every year to some hotel in the middle of nowhere. It was nowhere surrounded by nowhere. It was all the way far upstate. The camps are like the central of the state compared to where we were going. It was much hours past with all the mountains, with all the, with all the camps. And okay, we went much further upstate. And in this place, that's the issue for us, we had their retreat. And one year, Erev Shabbat, and yet this would be a picture of the retreat. My Rebbe was not very involved in the Massifical day-to-day, or even much at all. At this retreat, if really would allow access to Bachar to him, and he would say shiurim and sing with the and really get involved in the yeshiva. And it was Erev Shabbos, and a buffer in the hallway was having a massive attack. His stomach was killing him. It turned out that his appendix had ruptured. It was actually life-threatening. It had already ruptured. It was beyond where it just was dangerous and painful and ruptured. And he was writhing in pain. I saw it in my own eyes. In matter of fact, years later, I actually probably saved somebody else's life because I saw that. Because years later, my, my chavrusa was a chavrusa who never, ever missed Seder. Not only did he ever miss Seder, he never was late. There was no such thing. How late, got to be Chabrus, the guy who's never late, is another story another time. But he never ever was late. And came one day, came one day, this Bachar was late, that was something that never ever happened, I was nervous. I'm, I'm not joking, I learned in two years, there was no such thing ever. And came that day, he was late, I was nervous, I actually went to his door, push it, nervous about him. The last thing, it would have been quite strange, the moment of being late, that would have been a little peculiar, being that I always came later than him, but that day I went to his dorm to look at him, and he said he's okay, he was moving around exactly like I, I saw that buffer years before when I was younger, and I said to him, I'm calling the doctor to your room. He said, well, I'm okay, I'm okay. But I saw him shifting the same way, I called the doctor down to his room, his appendix burst as well, I probably saved his life, because he looked like that guy looked years before, this to go back to the years before, the first guy jumping around, and he was jumping around in a certain way, and he had to be rushed to the hospital. Now, my Rebbe, the Rosh Hashiva, frankly, went to the hospital with him, which was amazing, he pretty much knew when he went, that he would miss the Shabbos. Now, if, if, if anybody saw it, it was a life lesson in itself, that this was his Shabbos, this was his Shabbat. he ran the Yeshiva, he was involved. He looked forward to the Shabbat. he enjoyed it, and it meant a lot to the Bacharim. And with that all, he left for one Bacharim. There's a lot to be said, a lot to be learned. The only two things that I want to say, just as an aside. One thing is, sometimes in the larger receiver, we forget about Yechidim. I'm busy! but You're busy with a group of people. There's a guy amongst those people who need you. See, he didn't get lost in caring about all the Bacher. He remembered about a Bacher. A group of Bacher made up of a lot of Bacher. And he remembered one of those. And one of the Bacher needed his help. He left the whole Shabbos. He told me that I could have gotten anybody to go along. He could have gotten a smash guy. He said, being in charge means you feel a like Christ. The buck stops by you. You don't pass it to somebody else. And it was a great lesson. He went along himself. He felt that it was a serious situation, you don't pass the buck, And he went for Shabbos, he left, an unbelievable, something that he really looked forward to, and he left the retreat, and he went with this book at the hospital. Two of my friends came up to me, my parents happened to have been at this hotel Shabbos, and we owned a van, I had just gotten my license, and two of the books said, let's go of company, I'm ready to the hospital. We're not going to let him spend Shabbos alone. It looked like it was pretty soon to Shabbos. Let's go to the hospital and go to Rebbe. I didn't love the idea. I wanted to the retreat myself. And to boot, I didn't know what it was going to be. He's in the hospital, Shabbos. But I decided that I'm going with my friend to It's an adventure. Who can turn down an adventure? I drove my two friends to the hospital. When I got to the hospital in the parking lot, my Rebbe is going, it, it comes out. I don't know. If, I don't remember how he knew we were there. If he came out to see us, how we called him out, I don't remember that detail. Or if he had just arrived, and some of that, he had been there a while already. And he comes out of the hospital to, to the parking lot. I remember it. It's vivid in my mind. I'm standing right by the door of my van. Another friend is standing a few feet from my van, and another friend is right next to my Rebbe. Could be that friend had gone in to get him, I don't remember. And my Rebbe says, excuse me, please, <coughs> elegant and Daniel, go back to the hotel right away. Get back. 20 minutes to Shabbos is about a 20-minute 20 drive, 25 minutes, a half hour to Shabbos, get back. So, okay. My Rebbe is 6'6, long beard, imposing figure. So I'm like ready to go back. My friend who's standing right next to me says, Rebbe, I'm not leaving you alone. He says, "See, get back. Go back to the hotel. My friend says, Rebbe, I'm not leaving you alone. He said, listen, I appreciate it. Very noble of you. But it's difficult for me. I have my own tears just right now. With this buffer, I can't have another three buffers on my shoulder. Get back to the hotel. So at this point, I'm like... Bugging it out, if you will. I didn't know that word at the time. I've learned that sentence. But now that I know that word, I know what I was doing then. So I said, no, I gotta go. I gotta go. My friend C says, Rebbe, we're not leaving Rebbe alone here. We are staying. At this point, my Rebbe starts screaming. Get back, to Get back! You can't be here now! Get back, Rose! Any Rebbe, we value a lot. It's scary. When you're six, and you know the screaming like that, I'm like, see, let's get out of here. He says, you can do what you want, Daniel, I'm not leaving Rebbe. And my Rebbe's just really giving it hard, get out of here, get back, really going at us hard. And my friend just refused to leave. And I thought I'd feel a little loserish if my friend doesn't leave my Rebbe and i go back. So I stayed, my friend in the middle of the was like, should I be wimpy like Kalish? Should I be crazy like Svi? He was like in the middle. And at the end, all three of us didn't leave. And I by the time this whole debate had ended, and on for a while. By that point, he probably couldn't leave anymore. Already Shabbos was fastly approaching. He turns around and he walks into the hospital. And Svi follows him, closely behind, in arm distance. I told you he was a little gusty, <laughs> And... Zelig walks in and I walk in tow into the hospital with my Rebbe. He turns around with the most beautiful smile after we walk in the hospital and he says Shabbos see Shabbos Zelig and Shabbos Daniel. And we walk into the hospital. Then the hospital decides that they can't treat him here. It was very serious. It had already exploded. It was life-threatening. They have to fly him by... I, I don't remember. I believe it was by helicopter. I have to find out if the ambulance or flume... I knew it was in Claire. I don't remember if they see us, what they ended up doing. But they have to get him quickly to Manhattan. It's life-threatening. They have to get him to a major hospital. So they take him out of the hospital. When he leaves, the head of the hospital comes up to us and says... The patient is gone, you have to leave the hospital now. So we tell her, We're not leaving the hospital, we can't leave here. Sabbath, we can't go anywhere. <laughs> We're gonna be with you for Shabbat. <laughs> so I put my Rebbe the old card. She was livid. She wasn't six six but she was a witch. And she was mad. She was she was mad, get out of here really screaming. And we said we can't leave, it was impossible, the hotel was a 20-minute drive, there was no way we could get to anywhere, it was impossible. And to add a turn, my uh, Rebbe uh, can't walk, very, he has very bad feet, uh, uh, I'm sorry, to, to, to it's a good question, it was a moot question, my Rebbe can't walk 15 feet, he has very bad feet, it wasn't relevant to go anywhere. The concern is, we say we can't leave, she loses it, it goes crazy, she calls the police. The police come down, and the police tell us that she's in the right. We understand your predicament. We said it. Said we explained. They said it's very nice. What you're telling us very interesting. She owns the she owns the hospital. She's the CEO. We legally, if you say you're trespassing, best, best, we'll have to arrest you. So you have to leave. So we said, okay, we'll leave. You can't leave, there's no place to go. It's a middle of no place, impossible. There's no city here, no town that We can't go anywhere. The police leave. They tell us, if you don't leave, we will arrest you for trespassing. She's in the right. They were very nice to us. They were not witches. They just said legally she's in the right. She owns the place. She tells us nobody higher than her in this place. She says, leave, you've got to go. So we're stuck. A doctor feels badly. A doctor feels badly. And a doctor hit us for Shabbos Kaish. A doctor there in the hospital hit us for Shabbos. He said that he can get fired. She's the head of the hospital. If he's caught, he's fired and on the spot. We're arrested, he's fired. But he said, I'll hide you for Shabbos. And on Shabbos, he said, I want to tell you why I put my job on the line. Why would I do that? You're three Jewish strangers, four actually. Why would I put my job on the line to hide you for Shabbos? If she catches me, she's around the hospital quite hands-on. And if she catches me, I'm fired. I'll tell you why. And he told us on Shabbos that the buffer, before he was transferred, my Rebbe went up to the buffer and gave him a kiss on his cheek. And he asked somebody who this father, what a concerned father, he was impressed by and warned me as a father. Somebody told me he's not a father, he's a principal. He lost his mind, this guy. And he said, "If a principal can care so much about a student in his school, I want to help you." And he agreed. He put his job on the line and hit us for Shabbos kiddush. went this going? Now we spent it was till this past Shabbos. It was the nicest Shabbos of my life until this past Shabbos. And we spent Shabbos together in this room. We didn't have any food. We had no food. It was unbelievable Shabbos. We davened together, we learned together, we sat together. It was an epic Shabbos, that Shabbos. One of the things my Rebbe happened to be been Parshat And one of the things, I'm sorry, not Parshat HaYishlach. My Rebbe told us a verse from Parshat It was actually closer to Shavos, around Shavos time. But my Rebbe told us, the course, Parshat HaYishlach. He said, and I want to explain to you what happened on Ere Shabbos Kedosh. You and Arab Shabbat said, Rebbe, we're not leaving you. And I'm screaming at you. He said, I want to explain. When my Rebbe was 26, he was asked to speak at the Agusha Convention. He was kind a speech prepared, a very calm, mellow, vanilla speech, if you will. He was friendly with one of the real dynamic personalities of, this, of the past generation. His name was Rebbe Bowman. I used to go, I used to leave the mirror every Wednesday, and go to Arsamech to hear a Bowman speak. He was a fire. He was an esh. He was an idealist. an Unbelievable. To describe a man who was an intellectual, he was a litvish intellectual the a Shahar. Here was a man who knew history, he knew science, he knew fascinating things. He would talk about it and he would start crying, in the middle of a speech. He would start crying. He loved Yiddin. Tears. He would talk about Hashem. He'd start crying. He was just so, such a heart. Such a vow regish. An amazing human being. The intellectual prowess with the heart. It was something that was awesome to experience. I would go every Wednesday to go here and learn some mass. Now, Rav was a friend of my Rebbe. He started with Shifra actually brought in my Rebbe. And he said to my Rebbe on his way up, you're going to go up and do, you know, just say, Oh, that good is the best. You're, so You're just going to celebrate from Yiddin and then nothing's going to change. Not that well, we are good. We are the best and our good is wonderful. But he said, he said, can you say something that talks to us? Say it by our muster. Say something we all have to improve. Don't just get up and say fluff. And my Rebbe decided there was something on his mind that he felt that we have to work on as a an shiver. And he didn't really, he said he wasn't planning on saying it, but Rabbi Bullman egged him on. So he decided he was going to say it. And he stands up and he criticizes Collie's And it erupts. It goes wild. There's a scene, people start screaming at him during the speech. People grab the mic away. Reb Bullman ultimately took the mic and yelled in some posthick in defense. My I read me, It was Lebedeech. <laughs> and the rest of Shabbat whatever the topic was supposed to be Shaduchim and you Shaduchim in the two thousand, maybe it was in 2000 then um, <laughs> the, whatever the topic was supposed to be the singles and you the single in you whatever whatever the topic was was forgotten and every speaker either ripped this 26-year-old whippersnapper who attacked Klai who pointed out something, in or defended him Myte Shabbos. I believe it was Yehoshua ben who was coming to speak. I believe I am not positive it was Yehoshua. It may have been a palm. I'm not remembering. One of the Gadolim was speaking, and they told him what happened on Myte Shabbos. And he said that he, he said I'm going to talk to about And Everybody came, and he said he said Parashas He says that the brothers Yehoshua has muster for the brothers it was so dangerous what you did to attack Shem very dangerous what you did to attack Shem and he really gives muster to the brothers for doing it but in the Torah the brothers are given the last word and they're saying should we allow our sisters to be treated like a zina and this said that Mitzalecha they needed to be yelled at. They did something impetuous or hasty to a degree, a document, a doctor, a they seikah, and Yathar gives them muslim. But on the other hand, the tyrant gives them the last word, they held them a m'chuyiv to do it. He said each one has the job, they may have been to do what they did, but they also need to get criticized. Maybe it holds them back for next time, Dr. Yaakov, this young man, was right to say his criticism. He felt the task to be worked on. But it's also important he got yelled at. He's right and they're right. He also needs to get yelled at The a young man criticizing Kali He said, sometimes this person, so my Rebbe said to us, he said that I was doing my job, you were doing yours. As the Rebbe, my job was your achrayist, your safety. Your safety wasn't to be in the hospital. I was doing my achrei go back to those homes. He said, you were doing your job. Rebbe, we're not leaving you. Rebbe, we're not leaving you. He said, when "We each were doing our job, you were doing what you were supposed to do, and I would do what I was supposed to do. That is the verb. He told us in Parshat Vayishlach. And to me, this was always something that I thought was precious. There's a lot to learn from it. I thought it was precious when sometimes you see different shittas, and different days, and you it's hard to understand even machwayks and monks, the small people that get involved, stay out sometimes though, in machwayks, each one is representing something that needs to be represented sometimes when we see different opinions and it may even look, I don't understand but a lot of times each one has a different role and a different job be loyal to your mission to your job, be true to what you're supposed to do. That's one idea I wanted to share with But if, if I can, I want to talk about another theme for seven minutes we met there. And that's the main theme I wanted to talk about. I have a very bad habit. I have worse habits than other habits. But this is a bad habit of mine. I ask you, I'll only speak about that if you guys promise not to do it. But you don't have to promise. So don't do it. What I have what I, a bad habit is on a plane, I like people watching. I'm not tempted for movies, Baruch Hashem. Just, I like sports. Movies don't tempt me. I feel like all the adventure, the showing, a guy used to be a pretty big loser. Life is adventurous. Raising children's adventure. James Bond is nothing on my head. Watching my kids fly around. I mean, it. What, being involved caring, being involved in a community. Life's exciting. Here you're you're sitting in a chair watching an adventure. Live an adventure? Go do something. Accomplish, build, create, find out, discover, explore. Life's an adventure. Why would I sit watching a fake adventure when I could live one? Go live. Go around. Go see. Go explore. Just do things. and You don't need to watch James Bond. Pretend to do something. You could do something. Every guys clever, does he know now that the James Bond movie just came out mm-hmm. Good no <laughs> <laughs> and now I need mine. anyway the kids that <laughs> I'll explain the joke to you later right? Crow and I'll explain later on. <laughs> <laughs> the kids <not> <laughs> the kids the kids that burnish i say so I'm on the plane like I said, movies have I wouldn't watch anyway, and I'm not very curious to watch adventure, I like little adventure. I tried to learn Abnei bloom I wanted to prepare, I sat there for a while trying, I couldn't get my head into it. You'd be on a plane, nothing would exist, you'd learn Abnei Maloum all the time. I tried, I couldn't do it. I went to Mir Shabbos, I learned that, Bar I had not I had To Mir Shabbos, that went well. But on the plane as well, I have a bad habit of people watching. I try not 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 to try to keep it to men, but you look around and you see men, and people are fascinating. From the Israeli who was prestigious, he clearly held himself a lot, and you don't tell anybody what you're seeing. You watch a man walk around. Was a very fascinating man, to the insecure guy who was like nervous what everybody thinks about him. To it was just that, to the guy who really doesn't want to be so firm and is extremely jealous of all the modern people watching movies and he's trying to watch their film. <laughs> they turn on yours, buddy <laughs> but you have all different people. People watching is just it's a bad habit. Don't learn from it. But one particular man that I'm people watching, and a plane is a blast. If you're a people watcher, planes are a delight. One particular man, OCD like nuts. <laughs> the guy was very OCD. He had certain hand movements. He was severely OCD. But I'm not going to get involved with his OCD. That's for a different Thursday night. But I want to talk about this man. Is he did something fascinating. What he did was, he took his cover that they give. You know that blue cover that very few people use? They give you a white little pillow and a blue cover. And the cover, very few people use it. Once in a blue, when you see somebody take the cover, they put it over their head and sleep so flight. It's not usually used. This particular guy rips it open. He's taking out the blue cover. Me, I'm people watching. I'm like, that's already interesting. So, the OCD guy is taking out the cover. Interesting. Okay, I See, I was bored. Okay. So the, kid says, the guy takes the cover, and he proceeds to cover the TV in front of him. He was OCD, so he was straightening out the cover for a half hour, but again, we're not talking about the OCD part, but he covers the TV that's sitting in front of him. And at first I see it, I really thought that was pretty funny and pretty frum. I'm not such a frum guy, I understand. I thought it was pretty filmed, you're covering this, you know, I can't say it's riveting TV to watch that little plane that's on the thing, that <laughs> says the same pool to here, and, you know, you gotta be, if you think people watching, boy, I not. Watching that you know, watching that little plane, how 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 high? Like are you supposed to cheer like a certain height? We're now five thousand three hundred and forty-three months. Yeah. I'm, waiting. I'm moving on to forty four. We get to five thousand three hundred and forty-four. I'm not sure why that is broadcast, why it's important that every single passenger sees that. It's either you watch James Bond, this doesn't make me curious, or you're watching how high you are off the ground, how cold it is outside, all these things. I'm inside, I'm in care Cold it outside. But this guy obviously didn't like watching that stuff. He covers the TV. And when he did it, it made me think. At first, I thought that was an extremely from thing to do. Just don't watch. Just don't watch. Of course, you shouldn't watch. You've got to cover it surprised me, it caught me off guard, that he covered it. And when I thought about it more, it's easy to just not, with, with that, okay? when I thought about it more, I was very inspired. And I realized he's muchavin to this week's parsha. When I thought about further what this man, this OCD man did, not OCD because he covered the TV, but when I, I thought about this precious year covered his TV, and I say everything in the tongue and cheek. Don't judge it. And I don't know this one. This, we're not the ones to judge anybody. When I saw this man cover the TV, I was actually very inspired. And I want to speak about someone for a few minutes. It inspired me. Because this week's Kaisa, Yak is approaching base El. And he's told by Hashem, Yak to make him his dayah. To Hashem who's helped him, who's been there from and escaping from Esau. And he's told to make him his and to bring a carbon to Hashem. Yakovim is engaged on making a mock of Ashraf Ashchinur. He's starting the process of making a holy place. And he tells his family, He says to his children, imay, and all the people who accompanied him, Remove the fire and guards that are in you. V'yataah will clarify yourselves, V'achlis v'shemoy'seich, and switch your garments. The Sifuernu says, Do you think the lay Yaakov carried avoyed zorah? Yaakov says, Take away avoyed zorah. But they were carrying avoyed zorah. sadiq the ship they come. The Sifuernu on the spot says, V'achlis v'mevatel uv avoyed zorah. They were bottled and were not Aboi Dezorah. But, this is the following they were trying, Yaakov was making the place of Ashura's Tashchiler, and in a precious place, it just doesn't belong. You're right, it wasn't our Dezorah, Crusher, mutter, it was bottled! the TV's off. But it's an item that was used for bed. It's an item which represents something bad. Normally, could I say it's terrible? Could I say it's utter? But in the place of Ashurat, Ashkena, it just doesn't belong. It's just inappropriate. It's just not okay. It's true. One could say, I just want the daily news for the sport. I just want to see, is there anything wrong with checking? Yeah, but it has princess there. Does it belong in a yeshiva? It just doesn't fit. In Kisei we're told that the thing that drives away the Shina more than anything in the world is Arayat. And we're told that when there are in Yoni Arayat past the show of the Shavmei Acharecha. Hashem leaves. And I thought about my friend who covered his TV, that precious, beautiful Yid. Who covered his TV so neatly with his cover where he said, I'm sitting here on a trip for you this year. It just doesn't belong. I don't want to sit in front of it. It's odd. It's just selling a silly, silly plane. But it's an equipment that's just not proper. And he covered it. He didn't want to sit next to it. And I have a lot of admiration for that fellow. You know, you walk into homes, and you see some houses, they have a certain magazine. Now, I'm sure they're rationalized. The men don't look. The men for the right. And all the things but it just doesn't belong in a place of Asherah and in a place that we want the Shina to be. All of us want to make a home that's pure, that's, kad- that's Kaddish, that's holy, a place that Hashem will dwell, a place that's precious. There's certain things that just don't belong there. It's just inappropriate. We could have a lot of rationalizations, but the do bustle. But Yaakov even said, we want kashor, kashchina. So remove them with hayameko. There are a lot of rationalizations, a lot of reasons it's okay. But it's a bad thing. It's used for bad. It represents bad. It has been used for bad. I'm sorry, that doesn't belong. It's not something I want around. I love a home that if there's homes you go into, you can't find. Go into one of your Rebbeim's homes. There's nothing bad in the house, it doesn't exist. Not in the bathroom, pardon me, not in the bedroom, not in the attic. There is no crisis. You won't find, and then you go into a home so silly, so wrong, so not intelligent. I'm not telling people looking and and seeing it, it's inappropriate. Maybe you'll say it's in the second floor bathroom, the wife looks at the magazine. It's inappropriate. It's a home in one Asherah Tashchino, in a place of Asherah Tashchino, that item doesn't belong. That item shouldn't be here. A is in yeshiva, yeshiva's in the base. Midrash in the dorm. It's a place where a group of people came to get closer to Hashem. It's a place where people want to grow, want to learn Torah. It. It's just inappropriate. The person's not looking, not gonna see, not. It's just inappropriate. In a place of Ashwar Ashrin. I admire my friend who sat here the whole flight and he had a cover over his TV. So neatly put, because he just didn't want to sit next to a TV. It was inappropriate. It's true it's off. It's true he wasn't looking. But he wants Ashwas He wants to sit near Hashem. It's inappropriate. Hashem doesn't want to Hashem runs away from my riot. So an item of showed me I has to show him. Hide a neutral that's bad, that's just not good, that contains not good, that some utilize for not good, doesn't belong. I want to make an appeal, a specific appeal. We're all going to build homes, Rabbi Say. An intelligent way to pride that your home is clean. Our home we want to be a place of Ashraf Sashina. When there's Hubulu, Rabbi in the times of Mashiach, so the streets, the environment is clean. Certainly a Jewish home is always important. But the comes from the streets, from society. We have a melech, a sanhedrin, a bezin, and it permeates the Jewish home. Go the streets, not arrows. The street is free to stick. We don't have a melech, we don't have a sanhedrin. The street is impure. What must be is a pure Jewish home. Do you think it's a coincidence that Chanukah, the miracle, happens to a family, a father and five sons? Nothing is a coincidence.
1: It happens through mishpacha,
0: because Chanukah is a goal youngster in the middle of the winter, in the middle of the darkness. In the middle of difficult times, we were never truly free afterwards. And the answer, the solution is families. The answer is a biased purity of home. The Kedusha comes and their issue based on the Mishra's Hanukkah. Light up our homes ultimately will impact the street. It will, it will, the light of our homes will go out onto the street. That is the duty of every single Yid in That is the solution to the ghost problem. A pure and sincere home. And I appeal to all of us who have a mission to create homes. And sure, We'll build our own homes. Build homes that are clean, that are just precious, that are not from arayis. that are nothing from utensils of rayas. that are not from utensils. Let's put a cover over the TV. Let's remove it and separate. It's not a question. I'm not going to see. I'm not looking. It's only for. It doesn't belong in our home. Our home, a place of ashras, ashrinah. Yahweh said to the Kah, hisiru remove elohheia necher. But they're both, doing. they're not active, they're lost. they're not being looked at, they're not utilized, they're both. Doing. But he says we want Ashroth HaShchim, it's just not appropriate to create Ashroth ashrin. All of us should be zeichin in our precious homes that we build, in our dorm rooms. We should all be zeichin to have what we want so barely, Ashroth HaShchim. We should be zeichin. that our homes should be homes of light that bring light onto the rest. Mashiach will come when we have enough precious homes. Hopes that have the Ashurah Shchina. All of us should be blessed for those precious things. Oh Amen.